As the world emerges from the shadows of a pandemic, we're all wondering what's next. Has our experience in lockdown altered the future we expected, or has it simply accelerated ongoing change? What's in store for us over the next few years? Join me, Susie Golding, and me, Andrew Clark, in Singapore every week. As we ask leaders across Asia, working in marketing, communications, and lifestyle, one simple question. What's, What's next? Hi, Andrew. Hey, Susie. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are the cats? The cats are behaving themselves. Um, they're safely locked out of the room. Uh, and I see you're back in the office, so you don't have the same problem with your kids. No, I do not have any children problem in the office, and it's just bliss. <laughs> Although yesterday we went for our flu vaccines. Oh, on famille. On famille. We went to the paediatrician. She did all of us. My daughter was extremely brave, but my son utterly lost his shit. Oh, dear. But we got there in the end. It's an awfully traumatic experience. Very traumatic, but did you have sweets on hand as a soothing, calming mechanism? The doctor is brilliant. She has marshmallows for the kids. And shots of single malt for the dads. Oh my God, that's amazing. I'm just joking about the single malt. It's amazing when you see your children overcome their fears. I can imagine. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, Andrew, who are we talking to today? Okay, this is not nepotistic at all. We're going to be talking to my very esteemed colleague, Nadia Woodhouse. And she works in our Jakarta office. She is an extremely creative and talented producer and director. We've worked together. It might even be seven years. but. I thought that it would be really great to get her along this week to tell us about the future of video, because if there's one thing that we've been doing throughout this whole period of lockdown, it's been doing lots of stuff involving video, not least stuck on fucking webinars. I hate that word. That word is horrendous. You know, when they do that, um, don't they do a roundup every year of the words of the year that go into the, um, the English dictionary, don't they? I wonder if webinar is in there yet. I'm absolutely sure that it's in there. And my goodness me, we need an alternative. We do. I think, I think you know, there should be a swear box equivalent for whenever anyone says webinar. Maybe I'll put one of those uh, sound effects of um, coins going into a swear jar every single time the word webinar is used in what's coming up. I think you should do that. Anyway, should we get to it? Yes, let's crack on. Hi there, Nadia. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Nadia. And hello, Susie. Thanks for joining us all the way from Jakarta. Thank you. Yeah, across the sea. Yeah. And how is it in lockdown, I imagine? Certainly not missing the ridiculous traffic. No, not at all. Although it has come back a little bit because uh, lockdown has sort of partially lifted. Um, People are going out. Traffic has come back. Pollution has come back. But I am staying put. I'm staying in my house. Good for you. Now, of course, uh, the reason why. you're on this week. It's mainly because, Nadia, you've got a lot to say about what's next in our business because we're in the business of video production. So before we get to that, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure, yeah. So uh, my name's Nadia Woodhouse. I am a producer, director, and a writer. I've been creating videos and campaigns for the past 10 years or so. Um, As Andrew said, quite a few of those years has been uh, working with Andrew. So we work together at Asia Works. Um, 
I really love video and its immediacy. And uh, I've been lucky enough to work in a lot of different sectors and creating campaigns for a lot of different sectors. So nonprofits, government departments, private companies. Um, video is one of the most effective elements in a digital campaign for any type of organization. So, you know, I'm grateful for the variety inherent in our work. But of course, uh, COVID has changed some things. Absolutely, because video production is such a physical industry, isn't it? I mean, you, you say you write as well, and obviously that's something that can be done you know, anywhere. But producing um, and directing and those elements of your job, you know, you would expect to be somewhere with people filming them. So that that must have been a, a huge pivot that you had to take um, as a business. Yeah, it was a huge pivot. And for me personally, it was it was a really sudden pivot as well. So when I when it sort of all became very clear to me, I was actually in South Korea doing a shoot in late February and I was suddenly getting all of these texts about the um, about coronavirus. So both from talent who were pulling out. Uh, and then text alerts from the South Korean government. And these were all in Korean, which I don't speak, so it was a bit alarming. <laughs> um, anyway, so our team and our production partners, they were able to respond to this quickly and get the shoot done. Uh, but then when I came back to Indonesia, almost all of the projects that we had in production had a big question mark over them. Um, at the same time, we were getting a lot of inquiries from clients about how best to respond to COVID, uh, starting video campaigns over that, and then also talking to them about the live streaming work that we do. So the volume of work didn't actually change for us that much, but the content did and the ways of working did. So yeah, I think it's really interesting to see how it's opened people's eyes to new formats and new ways to get the stories and messages out. I think one of the challenges that we've felt in our office in Singapore, Nadia, is that much as uh, clients are willing to talk about new things that they can do, especially live streaming, for example, there's a lot of clients out there who are really gun shy about spending any money on it. Yeah, I think it, you know, I think especially with live streaming, people often have this idea of like, well, why would I hire someone to do it? I can do it myself. It's so easy. We'll just start a Zoom call. But what we do is not that. It's 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 much broader than that, you know? Uh, people don't really realize that if you have, don't want to say the word. She's going to say it. Don't go on, say it. Okay. We'll, say, we'll only say it once. I don't want to say the word webinar. I said it once, but I think I got away with but it. <laughs> <laughs> you can do live streaming of events. You can do whole conferences. It can be done really professionally. It can be branded to your organization. Um, and it can look much more well-planned and visually stimulating than a normal video call would. You know, and there's also obviously uh, a lot of technical difficulties that people come across when they try and do it themselves that are almost insurmountable. You know, when you're pulling in people from four different countries, for example, and you're trying to broadcast over, you know, Facebook and Instagram Live and over Twitter all at the same time, that is something that you really need a professional to do. Very cynically speaking, for me, just because you buy a Zoom subscription, a fancy USB microphone and a green screen doesn't turn you into Graham Norton or James Corden. Do you know what I mean? I think exactly. that what we're seeing at the moment in the rush to produce as much content as you can is we're seeing our email inboxes flooded with watch this webinar. God, I said it, sorry. And you'll learn about this, that, and the next thing. And we'll teach you this. And really what you're doing is you're just logging into a rather bland 
clunky, <laughs> can you hear me now, Zoom call, that frankly, after months of it, back to back, we're all pretty tired. What have you seen of some of the more positive elements that have come out of this situation for video production? You know, I think for video production, one of the really great things has been um, connected to remote work and remote productions. Before COVID, it was normal in production to have a director, a producer, sometimes even a whole crew fly into locations to film. But COVID obviously changed all that, and that change is going to continue with the travel restrictions in place. Um, but I think the reason it's going to persist is kind of more than that. You know, it's a, a little bit deeper than that. So clients and directors have now used, uh, out of necessity, far more local talent and local crews uh, because they need to. Um, and many people, certainly that I've spoken to, are far more trusting of this process and trusting in the abilities and the quality of work that is produced remotely. Mm. Uh, it's a shame that it's taken a pandemic for people to realize that, you know, when you're creating a film, you should be hiring people who are local to that area to create that with you. You know, we all bring our own unconscious biases to filmmaking and, and working with people who have diverse experiences to us can only enrich a film. Yeah, that's really great because then you're going to get much more diversity of voices, faces, approaches. It can only be a good thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. What you said about unconscious bias there is really interesting because it is a thing. There is a stigma there about hiring local people, isn't there, Nadia? Yeah, there's a huge stigma against uh, hiring local people. You know, we work with people all the time in Southeast Asia who are really creative and bring a lot to the productions that we work on. And we have to often convince clients to work with. And then once we have done that, they're also, you know, they trust the process a little bit more, you know? So, you know, I think, you know, going back to these unconscious biases and going back to it, trying to sort of dismantle these stereotypes and, and um, change people's opinions, uh, hiring remote crews and hiring uh, local crews is a real tangible way to do that, not just for the pandemic, but, you know, in the future ongoing. Yeah, long may it last. Absolutely. You know, and there, there is good quality talent, good quality crews um, in many, many, many different places. And I think, I think people are trusting of that a little bit more, which is great. And have you found that clients, because of restrictions and new ways that they, they have to work and they have to think about video, have you found clients sort of more open to new approaches and trying new techniques and new formats? Definitely. I've definitely seen that. Um, you know, clients before who may have not considered even things like animation, um, which can be done mostly remotely. They're wanting to do things a little bit more creatively and suddenly because of the uh, necessities of working and, and production around COVID, you suddenly have to consider these things. And it's really, really great to see a lot of clients um, think a little bit or be more amenable to the kinds of creative solutions and new formats that they hadn't considered before. Out of some of the trends that you've seen, Nadia, what do you think is here to stay? You know, just thinking about some of uh, the clients that I work with. So the clients that Asia works, works with are in a few different sectors, right? So we've got brands, we've got uh, government departments, um, we've got nonprofit organizations and intergovernmental organizations. What I've seen, and especially from the brands that we have worked with is a willingness to be bold and a willingness to put their values front and center. And I think uh, a really, really big moment when this happened was obviously 
when um, the George uh, George Floyd murder happened in the U.S. and suddenly you saw all of these brands suddenly uh, putting out Black Lives Matter messages, suddenly putting their values front and center and not being afraid to do so. Because in the past we had a, a situation where, you know, often um, owners of these uh, companies didn't didn't want to put that out there because they thought that, oh, maybe it's too political and maybe we uh, will be turning off a lot of our customer base. Um, but I think, you know, companies, brands are willing to be a little bit more bold and a little bit more honest about where they stand about things. Yeah, I think a lot, a lot of brands and companies in this sort of atmosphere and environment that we're in are feeling a bit braver and bolder. And And what better way to communicate that and tell that than through video, right? And how effective it can be because we know that images um, and video are one of the best ways of engaging with people. Yeah, absolutely. Video is really immediate. You know, you, you are put in the situation where, you know, if you read an article about something that happens, it just doesn't have the same impact as when you see a video of things happening. All of us now have a machine in our pocket that connects us to people around the world and it's instant. You know, you have things like Instagram stories where you see what's happening on the ground instantly. And uh, it's no surprise that these social media channels that connect everyone are largely, you know, based on video. It, it gets the highest levels of engagement. And how amazing that we've had the technology, including video, to be able to see people that we can't be with um, and be close to physically over the last few months. You know, what a lifesaver, because without that, it would have been a hundred times worse. Oh, absolutely. I can't, I, you know, I hate to think of what the pandemic would be like if I was just sitting <laughs> alone with you know oh awful but maybe we wouldn't have the word webinar webinar would yeah. not have become so prevalent so that is you know we have to find another word for that guys we can't keep calling <laughs> yes. it a, a webinar it's a bloody awful word that's definitely something for our listener yeah. so if you if you could think of an alternative expression <laughs> or word for webinar makes me feel like i want to gag every single time i say it then please do let us know <laughs> Yeah, it's awful. Please comment. Please, how do you do it? Do you comment? Do you comment or do you <laughs> write a... I think you can comment or you can write us a strongly worded letter, yeah. if you like. Pen is mightier than the storm. Yeah. But yeah, something that doesn't sound so David Brent-like <laughs> would be good, wouldn't it? I'm hosting a webinar. You can just hear him saying it. Doing a webinar. It's like saying <laughs> yeah. we're doing a podcast, isn't it, Susan? Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so Nadia, what are you watching, reading and listening to? So, what so listening, I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts and I'm excited to be listening to more of this podcast. But I've also been listening to a podcast called uh, 10% Happier, which is really great because it looks at mindfulness and meditation in a way that isn't all woo-woo. I'm like quite a skeptic and I automatically get my heckles at when people say, oh, you must connect with your chakras and things like that. But 10% Happier, the host, Dan Harris, he is a news anchor uh, for ABC who had a panic attack live on air, right? And so after this, he started to explore mindfulness and meditation and he treats the topic and interviews his guests in a way that I resonate with. He breaks it down in a way that's humorous, that's funny, um, you know, and doesn't make me want to gag. 
you know, it makes me really want to go and meditate and it makes me want to get in touch with myself. You know, it's great. It's great. Yeah. What have you been watching? Don't say Tiger King. <laughs> oh, but Tiger King's so entertaining. I have been watching Tiger King, but I won't, I won't put that. Do you do that thing where you sort of spend 45 minutes looking for something to watch and then spend, you know, and then you end up just not? Yes watching anything because nothing really sort of scratches the itch yeah. of, you know, what you want to watch. So I was doing this last week yeah. and not really expecting to find anything. And I stumbled across um, a show called Trigger Warning with Killer Mike. Uh, it's really thought provoking and it's really funny as well. So he he did, goes through these sort of social experiments. So he creates a new religion based on sleeping. Um, he takes members of the Crips to a marketing expert and a graphic designer. Oh my God, um, wow. that sounds brilliant. Yeah, he creates his new independent country. It's really, it's really thought provoking and it's really, really funny. Um, so he sort of gets people to think about, uh, think about issues in a way that is not patronizing, that's really engaging, really funny. Um, I binged watched the entire thing and now I'm back to just mindlessly scrolling on netflix oh i'm gonna put that on my list i would definitely join a religion that was about sleeping i'm already in a religion that's about <laughs> sleeping <laughs> uh what did we do we did listen watch what are you reading reading so i'm reading two things right now one of which is a trashy romance novel which i'm not going to talk about oh, um ooh. but we i'm also oh. uh no it's bad it's embarrassing it's mortifying but i'm also uh, reading a book called Brit-ish by Afwa Hirsch. Um, and she explores race and identity in the British context. Um, what I've read so far, I'm sort of three quarters of the way through. I haven't finished it yet. Um, but what I've read so far really resonates with me and it's been really eye-opening um, because she also delves into the history of Britain and asks some really pertinent questions about our colonial past and how it's playing out. Um, and it's really fantastic. And I would recommend everyone to read it. I'd love to read that. She's um, a fascinating person. I've seen her interviewed a lot. And um, yeah, she's she's a bit of a um, high achiever, for sure. I think she's an Oxford grad. And then she, she was a barrister. And now wow. she's an author. She's a presenter. Wow. Uh, yeah, she's she's um, she's pretty smart and always has something really thought provoking and interesting to say based on her own experiences, um, obviously growing up um, in the UK in a mixed race. I think she's mixed race family. Yeah, she's uh, um, she's mixed uh, Ghanaian and uh, white Jewish British. That's fascinating. So, yeah. I don't think there's any better time, especially now. Well, to be looking at a post-colonial legacy especially of the United Kingdom. Absolutely. That was fantastic, Nadia. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Nadia. Thanks, Susie. At least we've got it out there that we're not happy with the word webinar and we're looking for a, yes. for a new expression. If nothing else comes out of this podcast series, Andrew, if somebody comes up with a new word for fucking webinar, that's the job done. How about lecturing in your pants? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> This is basically what it is. <laughs> Pants <Yeah>. TV. <laughs> that was such a great chin wag, wasn't it? It was a very good chinny wag. I found it really interesting what she was talking about in terms of remote production becoming a lot more important. I did as well. And I also thought it was really interesting what she said about clients 
um, getting more creative and how they approach their content. So thinking more about animation. So trying to sort of override the, the restrictions that this has brought. So yeah, very interesting. So next week, Susie, who have we got? Well, I'm really looking forward to next week's chat because we're talking to Whitney Ford Small and my word, that woman is a communications guru. She's a real veteran, isn't she? Yeah, she is. And and, and she's held so many different comms and marketing jobs. You know, she's worked with brands, she's worked in-house, she's worked agency side, she's worked in multiple countries in this region and also the woman has side hustles and has had side hustles before side hustles were invented so i think she's going to be a great conversation i'm very much looking forward to it and we'll be speaking to her in the u.s she's in maine isn't she the land of stephen king that's right she got stuck there just at the start of the lockdown and she hasn't been able to return to thailand which is her home so there's going to be loads to talk about there brilliant can't wait You've been listening to me, Andrew. And me, Susie, and our lovely guest. On What's Next, the podcast which asks just that. If you enjoyed listening, like, subscribe, leave a review. And do recommend us to anyone else that you think would find our ramblings interesting. You can find this podcast on all the major channels where you find your podcasts. So join us next week when we'll be asking someone else. What's What's next? next?